Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. The impacts of extreme weather are intensifying across the globe, including here in the United States. No one is immune from climate change. It's why the president has been rallying the world to take the decisive action needed in this decade to tackle the climate change, uh, the climate crisis. It's also why the president is committed to taking aggressive action to tackle climate change and made clear if the Senate won't act, he will. And do what? He's not going to do a redacted damn thing. He's not going to do a single thing. Welcome to the program. The nationally syndicated radio show, Dana Lash, here with you this Wednesday. We're going to go through all of this stuff, too, because there's not a single thing that he's going to do. There's nothing he's going to do. What is he about? We're going to get into the climate scam and all that stuff. I'm just so tired of it. I'm tired of being lectured by people who take private jets everywhere and everything else. It's just it's incredibly frustrating. As you all know, we're all sitting here paying how much for gas? How much for goods? Too much. Too much. We're, we're, we're paying ridiculously too much for it. And this is the result. Oh, well, we got to do more. We're going to have the climate. There's no, we don't. Rotten hell. No, we don't. I'm done. I'm done with it. <sighs> All right. So that's that's like the main thing we're going to be hitting today. Uh, the Yes, I do get aggravated about it. Welcome to the show, your lovable curmudgeon who's about to not only kick everybody off her lawn, but set everyone on fire who won't leave willingly. That's where we're at. So this, I have, oh my gosh, I have a million. He's He's announcing this emergency climate whatever thing i feel like i'm gonna go get you know what i'm gonna get a bunch of styrofoam and just throw trash out my car window that's how i'm at that point i'm at that why why is that like looked at like it's a moral thing i saw an indian cry once in a commercial about it but he was an italian yeah but still wasn't he an italian that guy it doesn't matter he was crying jeez i could cry too you know I can, I'll cry too. I don't believe it. Yeah, well, no, you're right. My, my eyes don't work that way. So the uh, Biden can't get his agenda passed through Congress because that's not how Congress works. And so he's mad and he wants to sh- try to shove this through another way with an executive order. <sighs> I kind of, when do the American people get an executive order? When is, where's the people's order, Right. I just feel like if you're not going to go and and you're not going to observe the process by which we uh, have our, we we pass our laws, we we amend things, we remedy things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then I just kind of feel that 
in a way, I feel like then we should be able to have an executive action and looking at that. So the new climate emergency that we're hearing, this is what he's apparently going to be. He's unveiling this today. He's outlining it. The Washington Post first had the story that officials are scrambling to announce to, to advance the president's environmental agenda after talks with Senator Joe Manson, blah, blah, blah. I just don't care. It's all it's all a scam. It is all a scam. If people really cared about it, they wouldn't be outsourcing it to the big and big. I don't even want to treat this like an actual news story. I'd rather be talking to you about 70s rock and anime and not this crap. You know why? Because it's a joke. It's a joke. Just like our justice system's a joke. Just like this administration is a joke. Just like basically our entire government has been made a giant joke. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't want to see some kind of, you know, resistance again, I suggest people start getting getting their ducks in order. This is I'm just I'm aggravated by all of this. I'm so sick and tired of talking about the same crap that I've talked about for 12 damn years. It's the same scam. It's the same garbage over and over again. All the polar bears were supposed to be dead. We were all supposed to be drowning. It was supposed to be water world right now. Where is it? Why do we still have polar bears? You see what I mean? I get aggravated because I've been hearing this for forever. Some of you just tuning in. I've been hearing this longer than that. (gasps) He's going to issue climate orders tomorrow. Climate executive orders. But he was against executive orders. He called those being those using executive orders were dictators. I have that audio here if you want to hear. Stop with your facts. This is what I wish the media would do. You you think the media are going to do media things? I'm hopeful. Go ahead. Play it. The one thing that I, I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. Hmm. So I guess he's a dictator. Yeah, I guess he's a dictator now. now that's what dictators do, isn't it? I mean, that's what I was reliably told. I guess he's a dictator now. His words, not mine. Gosh, I have a million jokes. Million jokes. All right, so a few... So this is what we have this, this whatever, uh, uh, climate emergency thing. Uh, Why is the left still protesting at justices' homes? This piece here, I've seen it at a couple of places, including WAPO. Weekly demonstrations on the street prompt increased noise complaints. The the pro-choice neighbors of Brett Kavanaugh are like, okay, we're tired of this. Stop it. Like, they're running away the pro-choice people at this point. It's so ridiculous. Why are they still protesting at their houses? Do these single-cell morons understand that the Supreme Court doesn't have this? They, they already made their decision? Do they realize that there is no other case forthcoming about abortion to the Supreme Court? Do they realize that the Supreme Court is not even in session anymore? Why do these lonely cat ladies constantly insist on demonstrating outside of these justices' homes? I'm in a mood. Why? Why do they insist? Thoughts, Kane? Do they think they're going to get dates? I don't know. I, they're ruled by their emotions. Why wouldn't they protest, say, in front of members of Congress's homes? Just don't let them near a ball field. But for real, why, why, why still targeting there? They said that. They interviewed, the Washington Post interviewed one of Brett Kavanaugh's neighbors, 
and she's this 46 year old artist and she's a pro-choice and she's you know when she was a kid she marched all of this she has a sign that says chevy chasers for choice all of this stuff and she's like i am so done with these people coming to our street with the constant noise and the crowding she's like i'm so done with it i don't blame her either who wouldn't be at this point it's a hot mess She's done. She's finished. I get it. Why are they still there protesting? Someone needs to lead them away. I mean, there's the the Supreme Court's not dealing with this at all anymore, but they're so devoted. They want to shut down crisis uh, crisis pregnancy centers so that no one can get help because because crisis pregnancy centers actually do more than the abortion mill. But whatever. Two double ouches. Well, one ouch. New Reuters, super low poll, 59% of, (laughs) hold up, Reuters, it's a Reuters poll, you know, they're so conservative, they make Reagan look like a communist, Reuters, 59% of Americans disapprove of the president, oh wait, there's more, for, it just, when you buy that poll, you get this second low poll for free, the new RCP average, 57% disapproval for Biden. Dude, this is bad. I am so okay with just speeding it up and holding the election right now, all the elections. Just let's do it right now. It's totally fine. I'll do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Bad. And now you're even seeing some, we talked some of the uh, criticism from some Democrats yesterday. Now you have uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York, he says New York has experienced a sharp increase in asylum seekers from Latin America and other regions with more than 2,800 individuals entering, entering New York City's shelter system. By the way, that's exactly what Texas gets every hour, pretty much. Asylum seekers? What the hell? Is, none, none of the people that are going there qualify for asylum. So let's stop with the stupid, uninformed, uneducated rhetoric because none of these people qualify for asylum so they're complaining because the amount of people that they have in their shelters what texas gets on a you know given one given week they're mad because they say that their shelters are overflowing you know it's it's that that's what's happening here well then i'm totally fine pay your fair share like i said the other day if the hamptons were on the border democrats would have built a wall 20 years ago probably 30 years ago that's that they absolutely would have. They're getting a little bit of what we have to deal with. I'm still going back to these super low polls. Man, nobody likes this guy. Not a single one. Uh, a couple of other things that we're watching. Here's a new story from ABC. I'm so glad that they joined what I and others have been talking about for, I don't know, since it happened. Uh, now ABC says, wow, there were a lot of warning signs with the killer in Uvalde. Oh, you think so? Do you think there were a lot of warning signs? Do you think this because a number of people like yours truly were writing about this long before you ever decided to stop your gun control push? And now you're paying attention to the widespread discussion of this? Numerous, numerous, numerous warnings, they say, and a totally shocking article that's about, I don't know, several weeks too late. Private individuals, according to the report that came out from the Texas House of Representatives, it was a committee report on Robb Elementary School's the tragedy that occurred. It illustrates the failures by the school and law enforcement 
And they say that the private individuals apparently were the only people who knew of the many warning signs he displayed as he had no criminal history prior to the shooting. He had an apparent motive for his apparent motive was a desire for notoriety and fame, according to the report. Well, I disagree that the school didn't know about it because the school reportedly has an entire system where they monitor their students' social media behavior. Furthermore, his attendance started becoming more and more sporadic until he dropped out entirely, and it doesn't show that the school made any efforts to intervene at all. And they said that the family and friends and acquaintances, they reported afterwards many warning signs that experts say should have, made, should have raised red flags. And they said, oh, this guy should have been on everybody's radar. And then they try to actually argue in this piece, uh, because remember, he also drove around and shot at people with his BB gun, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, They also said that, you know, Texas doesn't have red flag laws, but this, you know, shows the importance of being able to report it. Do you realize how unbelievably that's the kind of logic that drives cousins to get with cousins? It's so stupid and mind numbingly myopic. First off. You don't really you don't need red flag laws. It just goes to show you that the people who were closest to him didn't even report his behavior to the already well working existing system that we have. But it doesn't work well if no one reports it. And instead of focusing on how no one apparently reports this. Because you don't need to undermine due process in order to report the violent behavior and some of the things that this dude did absolutely would have landed his A double snakes on a list at NCIC as a prohibited possessor. This is not up for debate at this point. These are hashtag facts, okay? But no one reports it. And instead of questioning why it was no one that was familiar with this, this individual reported it, it all comes down to, well, it's all... It's the fault of you, John and Sue, who live in Nebraska and you're lawful gun owners and you just want to be able to have an AR-15. You're killing people. And if you don't want to give up your guns, you're resp- you have blood on your hands. Really? Really? Those people. people who, some people who never even knew that there was a Robb Elementary School until after this hor- hor- horrific tragedy happened. But we're not going to talk about everybody who was aware of this and didn't report it. And now you're trying to use that as justification to undermine due process for so-called red flag law? Get bent. Not happening. We got a lot more on the way, folks. We've recently had some huge wins for truth and the American family. So it feels like the pendulum may be swinging back to a point of sense. And the center of change has to be the family, your family. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers delivers straight to your door and guarantees you that meat is born, raised, and harvested 100% here in the U.S. of A. You're already buying meat, so why not buy it in a way that strengthens the American farm? T-bones, burgers, ribeyes, and chicken, that's just some of what they have some of the best I've had. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping. Make gatherings at the table common again with Good Ranchers and support American agriculture. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to start bringing people to the table, creating change in America, and eating seriously delicious food. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping from GoodRanchers.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first and foremost, the Uvalde district is set to finally fire its embattled police chief, Pete Arandondo, because he held everyone back, and that behavior resulted in a lot of loss of life. And just, it's unacceptable. No other, I don't have anything nice to say about it, so we're going to hit it. They're finally going to fire him, finally. 
Like what brought you finally to that point? Just curious. Uh, China's announced a military exercise near the disputed islands in the South China Sea. Because remember, China decided to make a bunch of islands and then claim that the South China Sea is theirs. Because here's some land that's been here the whole time. We didn't make this. What? And now they're trying to increase aggression. They've been the islands, if you want to call them that. Uh, On July 13th, the USS Ronald Reagan Carrier Strike Group entered the South China Sea for training, security operations, and to scream their pronouns at the Chinese to see if that would be enough of a deterrence. Uh, Also, blistering temperatures caused solar panels in Britain to stop working. In news that no one ever could have ever anticipated because science only goes where your politics do, solar panels in Britain stopped working on Tuesday as temperatures topped 100 degrees. The solar panels generated only 2.8 gigawatts of energy compared to the 3.3 gigawatts typically expected at the time of the year, say the Telegraph. We never see peak output in midsummer, says one University of Sheffield professor, Alistair Alistair Buckley, fanciest name ever. He says, we saw cell temperatures of 70 degrees yesterday on our system. Normally, it would be between 40 and 50 degrees. So you tell me, what part of green isn't a complete and total failure in terms of a reliable energy sector? Look, if you want to be green, that's fine. But don't jeopardize everyone's lives because you have a fetish with, uh, with voyeurism as it relates to your green virtue signaling. Stop it. We don't care. 1%, only 1% say the virus is the biggest problem. And that's bad news for Biden because they fear mongered and they really wanted people to just be terrified of this virus so that they could accomplish whatever they wanted to agenda wise. No one's scared of it anymore. Dogs are the best people. Dogs helped rescue an owner who fell 70 feet in a California forest. A 53 year old man was rescued by his black border collie, Saul. Saul is the best person. He's the real MVP today. And I have a great headline for you that is still makes dogs the best. Scientists found a link between wolf attacks and far right politics, which is funny. And we'll talk about it. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. And I appeal to all of you on behalf of those who were killed, on behalf of those people who lost their arms and legs, on behalf of those who are still alive and well, and those who wait for their families to come back from the front. I'm asking for something uh, now I would never want to ask. I'm asking for weapons, weapons that would not be used to wage a war on somebody else's land. 
but to protect one's home and the right to wake up alive in that home. Hmm. Well, that's the Ukrainian First Lady who is speaking to members of Congress today. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Mad about the economy. Also, say a prayer for my sweet papa Rocco, who is in surgery right now. He has a growth on his gums. And they had to put him out to do it. And I always get very nervous about those little short-nosed dogs. And it's a little more dangerous for them. So say a sweet little prayer for him. Because it's too soon after Louie for me. The Ukrainian First Lady is speaking to members of Congress. And asking for some weapons, etc., etc. There's a lot of back and forth about this stuff. And I just... It's not that I don't care. I'm just... uh, I mean, you've had a destabilized area for a long time. I just, it's not that I don't care. I just fail to see at what, how it is at this point uh, affecting my interests. Oh, I can hear the left, the, the neocon left, and, or the neocons on the right, and I can hear the warmongering left, which are not really different than the neocons on the right, that are insisting that, no, you had to care because look at what it's doing to gas. Yeah, you know what? We wouldn't have to worry about that if we actually had more refineries and we drilled more, but I digress. You can't create a problem because you you choke off America's own energy production and then say that we have to get involved in a war because the reason why our gas prices are so high is because of Vladimir Putin. Is Vladimir Putin what Joe Biden named his energy policies? Because I can't fail to see how that's it's stop. But I will say this, too. There's been a lot of discussion like who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. There are no, I don't believe in the concept, except in individual people. I don't believe really in a whole good guy anymore. I haven't. I don't. I'm a realist. I believe in antiheroes, but I don't believe in some perfect entity. And I don't believe that Ukraine's some perfect entity. And I think that I, do, I just wish that we had a little bit more accountability as to where the money that we already sent them is going. Because there's a lot of discussion about where it's not going. And who was it? They had... Um, there was a story that I was reading this morning where they got into all of the where all of the money was going with Ukraine and with Zelensky and how he had apparently fired uh, a top prosecutor and a bunch of officials. And some people were saying, well, it's because maybe they weren't doing their job or maybe they were. And I, it's, here's it, it's, a, it's a, this Associated Press piece. And the AP was writing that the, there's concerns that have resurfaced after Zelensky had dismissed these senior officials. And they said that there's, you know, Ukraine does, it, you can say this sentence and it doesn't mean that you're butt kissing Putin. This is what the media and, and the left and some people on the right, and again, the neocons and the warmongers, this is what they insist. They insist that you cannot acknowledge the problems in Ukraine and still dislike Russia's invasion and still dislike Putin. You can't do both because nuance is dead in the world. It's double plus ungood. We live in an Orwellian society. Sweet meteor of death. Please bust apart this miserable Rock of hell now. Thank you. They have a history of rampant corruption and very questionable governance. These are facts. This is not anything to be disputed. You can have two entities fight and also realize that there may be one 
greater bad guy than the other. Let's put it that way. But see, you can't say that because if you say that, that means that you want everybody in Ukraine to die. Because conversations are so stupid, I just want to abort all discussions. That's Everything is so dumb. Every conversation is so dumb. All of the cable news stuff, dumb, dumb, dumb. It's the same dumb stuff every damn night. Well, guess what this person did today? What did they do? Let's have these two people on to argue about it. Now, they said that there were tens of billions of dollars provided in military, economic, and direct financial support aid to Ukraine, and they encourage our allies to do the same. The Biden administration is now, the AP reports, once again grappling with worries about Ukraine's suitability as a recipient of massive infusions of American aid. Biden didn't really seem to have that problem when he had his son over there working on the, uh, what was it? What was their big O energy company over there? Burisma. Burisma. Thank you. Wouldn't you all like to get that Biden treatment, that Hunter Biden treatment? Imagine getting a job where you're paid millions of dollars and you don't know literally anything about what you're doing. You just show up and sit in the boardroom. You're nothing more than an ornament. That's it. And so this, there's a lot of questions about where the cash is going because sometimes it just disappears into this black hole of nothingness. Uh, and, and the White House has tried to really, I think, paint a really sweet little pretty picture of all this. But, I mean, there's questions that have, that, have, that have risen up as a result of this. There was, I mean, you have to realize, remember back in the early days before, you know, you had the Russian soldiers like in Ukraine. Uh, remember, there were these questions as to why, why it was that NATO or that Ukraine hadn't wanted to join NATO. It wasn't that Ukraine tried to join NATO and NATO said no. It was that they never were interested in doing it until, you know. Then all of a sudden they were real interested in doing it. There's a reason why. The AP notes that foreign aid money disappears quite frequently in Ukraine. They have a long history of doing some bad business with people. I mean, hi, Hunter Biden again was on the board of Burisma. It's like, you know, we all know this. This is what gets me about some of the neocons that I see on the right, because you have people who are like, how dare you say that about Ukraine, that they are corrupt or their government is corrupt. And then in the next breath, can you believe that Ukraine allowed Hunter Biden to be on the board of Burisma? What? So now. Now, look, I th- is Zelensky leading his people through some hell? Sure. You can believe all these things. We have been conditioned to not think in this country. So you cannot think that Zelensky might be leading his people through some stuff and also that he might be doing some shady deals. You apparently, the, the, our mind is being conditioned to shrink down to barely being able to process our day-to-day requirements to live. Let's see, I have to breathe. We're all being turned into Patrick Starr from Spongebob. I have to breathe. I have to blink. I need to have water who we are i mean they've shown a lot of money going to ukraine ends up in some pretty questionable pockets and that's why there's not a lot of support for the continued sending of money over there the the financing of it all i mean it's it is concerning you have every right to be concerned you have every right to ask where your money is going and you have every right to be like wait a minute um are you sure that you guys have like some of the best intentions with this stuff when you have 
you know, Ukrainian leadership demanding, well, we want this, we want this. I mean, look, they dragged their feet in joining NATO. And now they want everyone, all of us, to send our sons and daughters over there and kick off World War III. Look, y'all, I mean, do you now do you understand why we're all like some people like us are a little hesitant to go and send our children off to die in a foreign land because you had a bunch of corrupt leaders that dragged their feet at doing anything and you had some corrupt leadership here in the United States that allowed it to happen for as long as it did because they were making billions off it? Do you see my point? I fail to see why I have to pay for the fake optic of freedom because this has nothing to do with freedom this has nothing to do with promoting american liberty i fail to see how i have to pay in my children's lives for some fake ass freedom that's being promoted to me by a bunch of uh old neocons and warmongers there you go i get a little hot about that i don't mind go ahead and have them go up and talk to Congress and all that stuff. That's fine. If Nancy Pelosi feels so strongly about it, she can send some of the millions that she and her husband Polly just made. Right? Didn't Polly make a Polly got some sweet cash after he learned about that semiconductor deal his wife was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of uh important. Maybe send some of that over there. I'm just saying. John Kerry can spend some of that ketchup cash. Maybe he can ask his wife if she would spend some of her more successful late husband's money and, you know, buy him some buy him some weapons over there. I'm just saying that it seems like that's very doable. Oh, nothing that I'm saying is politically correct. No, they don't because people don't like that. They it's it's it is everyone is narrow minded in political discussion and they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to hear you talk like that. What do you mean you can dislike one and then also you you can think A and then also B at the same time? This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? It is. So in addition to having this, oh boy, I have a couple of other things here uh, that I want to make sure that we also hit. So there are, now more families are lawyering up. Everything is so stupid and I hate Muppets now. I know, guys, let's burn down Sesame Street. Let's all go bust up Sesame Street, right? Let's have, like, let's have Antifa-style riots on Sesame Street. Let's kick over, let's take Oscar the Grouch, let's set Oscar's trash can on fire. How about we do that? Burn all the Muppets. Burn them down. What are some of the uh, businesses that they got on Sesame Street, do you know? Is Mr. Hooper still, I know he's dead, but what's... what's Let's, Let's loot Mr. Hooper's shop. Woo! Freedom! Let's go do that. Burn some stuff up. I'm sure there's a Starbucks on that street corner somewhere. Actually, no, I don't know. If it gets too crime, too much crime, they'll close it. Just saying. Anyway, so so some more families lawyered up because and there are, and the, and it's and some other videos have come out. And again, they're just like the other ones, like two second videos here, a 15 second video here. It shows nothing else in the because context doesn't matter. Whatever it, it is, that's whatever someone says it is, that's what it is. There you go, and you just got to deal with it. So, now families are lawyering up. How in the hell do you get a lawyer over a Muppet? America, where if a Muppet makes you mad, you get a lawyer. Man, dude, we are in, sidebar, hold up. Let's stop the show for a second. We're in the wrong business, man. I want to be a lawyer for people who are mad at Muppets. You know how much cash money you can make? You know how much money you could get? I mean, sure, it's taxpayer money. 
because you have to bend Sesame Street over a barrel, and Sesame Street works with with PBS, which is the literally our tax dollars like funded. I've had the sheer joy of sitting in a PBS studio talking about how I think everybody should be fired and our government money shouldn't go towards it anymore. That was fun, but Kane, um, why are we not lawyers representing people who are like mad at Muppets? I mean, outside of the amount of time it takes to become an actual lawyer, uh, I don't know. Do you honestly think, first off, clearly the people who are mad at these Muppets cannot see, like this one mom, oh man, Karen out of control. It says, the characters that Sesame Place walked right past my daughters, and they, they treat it like the Zapruder film. I mean, you can't see anything in these things. And they act like you're supposed to be able to see everything in it. And you can't. Imagine, man, this is abuse to these kids. Imagine being so angry at the world that if you do not get the attention that you want to get from a Muppet, you're going to get mad. Do you honestly think somebody's going to walk around and be like, I'm just going to ignore the black people on camera? You really think somebody's going to do that? Even, let's just entertain the idea. Let's just say they are racist. Do you honestly think... Clearly, they need money. They're dressed up as a Muppet in summer. Clearly, they need the money. You honestly think people are going to be going around dressed as a Muppet going, I'm only going to, I'm going to ignore all the black children. Do you really think that? (sighs) Also, I'm no lawyer, but I want to know what law was broken. The law of hurt feelings, Kane. The law of crazy moms, Kane. (laughs) I mean, even if we were to believe. Bat crap, crazy mom law. This was all done intentionally. Uh, what law was broken and were, what are the damages exactly? <laughs> let's, let's just explore that here coming up. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. CPAC Chairman Matt Schlapp explains why firing Nancy Pelosi and winning the midterms needs to be our white-hot focus, or 2024 might not even matter. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, Matt and I also discuss how a small number of leftists are ruining our corporations and institutions and why conservative ideas are better because they work and they make us happy. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Definition of awkward. Well, it's uh, probably the messaging from the United States on monkeypox. The Atlantic has a piece that says, Officials seem unwilling to be direct about who is at risk most for the disease. Huh? Really? Because remember when planes were... 
airlines were saying, oh, well, we might have to wear masks because of the monkeypox. And I'm like, on your butt? Because you got to remember, it's basically an STD. But they, they don't want you saying that because they think it's mean for you to say that. It's the most, I mean, it is the most weird, it's the weirdest thing. They just don't really want to be, don't really want to tell you exactly what's happening with, with the monkey pox. Okay, but we all know where it's actually, it says that they're rising in, in, the, in the United States. U.S. public officials are scrambling to balance concerns about stigmatization with the fact that it basically affects only gay and bisexual men. Wait a minute. Stigmatization of getting the monkey pox or just gay and bisexual men? Because you realize, again, I know that everyone's dumb, not us, but everybody else, and that nuance is dead, but for real? It's just so wild. Any, they, they kind of like suggest almost anyone can get it. Nope, nope, no, you can't. That's not exactly. that's not accurate. Where was their concern about stigma when COVID was going around? Like, stop it, Kane. Stop. Literally sick until proven healthy with COVID. And with monkeypox, they're like, well, we don't, we don't want to stigmatize. We don't want to stigmatize everybody. Just, you know, be wear a mask in the sauna, guys. I mean, oh, gosh, we can't even say that, can we? No, you can't. You cannot let you. You have to give everyone the idea that they can all get it. But they all can't get it, Bob. Yes, yes, Jim, they can. That's the message you have to... Can you imagine the, the, the conversations with this? This is how I'm imagining it in my head. You have people arguing back and forth. We don't want to go back to the uh, messaging of the 80s and 90s. Well, but really, this is only... You said but. This is only actually spreading one way, Bob. Jim, you're being a bigot. Bob, you're being anti-science. I mean, that's, that's the conversation happening right now. My favorite meme is this dog looking at the uh, camera in a weird way, going, I know how you got the monkey pox. I think that's messaging enough. Stick with us. We've got a lot more in store. Second hour on the way. More of the Dana Show back after this. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Gentlemen from North Carolina, seek recognition. I'll speak on the amendment. Gentlemen, is recognized. I would like to yield to anyone on the other side who would dispute that this bill bans weapons that are in common use in the United States today. Would, would anyone on the other side dispute that this bill would ban weapons that are in common use in the United States today? Would the gentleman yield? I would, if for an answer to that question. Yeah, that's the point of the bill. 
So, so you mean you so to clarify, Mr. Chairman, you're saying it is the point of the bill to ban weapons that are in common use in the United States today? Yes. The problem uh, is if the gentleman will yield. Oh, oh, the problem says Jerry Nadler is that they are in common use. They the truth comes out every now and then. They want to ban everything, every type of firearm imaginable. That's what they want to ban. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable Carmazan. It's that kind of, we're in that kind of a mood today. Uh, but I'm, I feel better now that we're all together. All us smart people are together. The common sense folks, we're all together. This was just a little bit ago. I got this audio via Greg Price. And the, man, what a conversation. Well, the problem is that they're in common use. He is absolutely, as Price noted, admitting that Democrats are trying to back uh, uh, go a, a round way to basically try to invalidate the Supreme Court's decision in Heller. Now, I've, wrote, I've written extensively about Scalia's decision in Heller, and I've even gone back to discussions in the Federalist Papers with the founders. I have two books on it. The common use, it is common use for lawful purposes. That is the ultimate phrase repeated time and time again not just by Scalia and Heller, but also talking of lawful use and commonly owned by our founders in uh, whether it was the notes accompanying the discussion on Second Amendment, the Federalist Papers, etc. The, the things that fall outside of commonly owned, in fact, during the days of the colonies, what they used was essentially what, would, what we call now like a head axe or some other... Uh, very unusual weapon but it was always a two-part offense it wasn't just that you had just having something unusual alone wasn't the thing that did it it was what they called at the time a frighting or brandishing you're you're trying to intimidate or threaten someone by brandishing an unusual weapon that's what they were talking about and in fact in heller as I have written about on my website previously and noted in my first book, uh, Hands Off My Gun, that's what Scalia touched on. He actually referenced how a number of the colonies had laws on what they called affrighting. They had an affrighting statute at the time. And they were all pretty similar in language. And, and, and he noted the uh, common use, commonly owned, etc. That was over and over again in the laws of each of the colonies. And so Jerry Nadler says, well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem. They're in common use. The big the problem is that they are in common use. No, the problem is that you want to ban people from commonly owned things. Here's the thing that is uncommon. And you can look at every single crime statistic in fact, the FBI, there's there's a couple of different ways that they tally crime, and they've made it really easy. They actually redid their website. I was telling you guys about this a couple of months ago. They actually redid their website, and you can go. It's all interactive. You can see. You can go by uh, north, south, midwest, east, west. Uh, you can go state by state, and even further, you can actually break down things uh, according to uh, met, uh, metropolis areas, you know, what, what, what other? If you're looking at cities, you're looking at towns, different counties. I mean, you can break it down ages, break it down to weapons, break it down to 
uh, relationships between the the perpetrators and the victims. I mean, it really gets into it. And it's interactive. It's easy to find. And they have everything tallied from the beginning of time when they started collecting all of this information centrally uh, back in the very early aughts all the way till now. And there's one thing that you see time and time again. One thing that is uncommon is that people, lawful owners, it's actually uncommon for law-abiding firearm owners to go out and commit crimes. It, it really is. This is all driven by repeat offenders. And you can see it in the data when you have the, per- the perpetrator and it's like their third or fourth offense. One of the things that I learned in all the self-defense, it's not just defensive gun usage. We don't really call them self-defense classes. It's defensive gun usage. And that I have learned time, over and over again. And they, in every instructor in every class, it didn't matter what it was. Even when we weren't actually out on a range or doing force on force. If we were just like sitting in the classroom learning about different laws and how they apply. Uh, there's one thing that every instructor always stressed. And that's as the bearer, as the, the weapons carrier, you have an obligation first and foremost to try to de-escalate. Now granted, you can't de-escalate everybody. Some people, like the thug that was attacking Jose Alba in Manhattan, he wasn't going to be de-escalated. Jose Alba tried to de-escalate the situation. He wasn't even armed. He's like, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any. I mean, he was at that point, he'd given up. Take whatever you want. What did not make that broke woman who couldn't even afford a bag of potato chips happy as her $350 designer t-shirt wearing boyfriend came in and decided to smack Jose Alba around. Didn't matter. Sometimes you just can't de-escalate a situation because some people are desperate to F-A-F-O. And in that case, you have every right to defend yourself. It's not vigilanteism, lawful defense of your own life. And we got to be really careful that we don't allow the left to redefine self-defense. I know they're against it. They put Jose Alba in Rikers. They protected the woman who was protecting the guy attacking. She was the accomplice attacking Alba. No, this is, this is about trying to redefine self-defense as, as being beyond the scope of lawful action. And Jerry Nadler is taking, well, the problems, they're in common use. No, the problem, Mr. Nadler, is you. And everyone like you who thinks that. The people who have the luxury of wealth so that they can afford private security. And I can't imagine, that is the most elite, entitled thing I can imagine. To be against other people carrying guns to defend their lives because they can't afford the private security that you can. You're too good to even protect your own life. So you force the help to take a bullet for you. You force the help to carry your gun. You force the help to determine lethal force use. I can't imagine anything more plantation minded than that. This is all about that assault weapons ban that they're trying to push, that they were unsuccessful pushing in the original gun control bill that they had going through the Senate. You know what was really interesting, too? And one quick thing about this before I change gears here. Did you see, and I'm pulling this up, did you see the Associated Press, what the Associated Press did? I can't believe I'm saying it, but, you know, credit where due, I tweeted about it a few days ago. 
The Associated Press said the style book weapons entry offers guidance on terms, including semi-automatic rifle, assault rifle, assault weapon, and military style rifle, and modern sporting rifle. So this is what they say. This is on the 16th. They wrote, quote, this is AP style, semi-automatic rifle, assault rifle, assault weapon, the preferred term for a rifle that fires one bullet each time the trigger is pulled and automatically reloads for a subsequent shot is a semi-automatic rifle. An automatic rifle continuously fires rounds if the trigger is depressed and until its ammunition is exhausted. Avoid assault rifle and assault weapon, which are highly politicized terms that generally refer to AR or AK style rifles designed for the civilian market but convey little meaning about the actual functions of the weapon. More detail is in the style book's weapons entry. I am fascinated by this because right as the house is making these moves for assault weapons and using assault weapons, assault weapons, that term over and over again. The AP, now granted, they should have, they needed to do this a long time ago. But credit where due. Don't you find this interesting? I find it incredibly interesting. Because it's always ever only been automatic or semi-automatic. At most, select fire. If it does a three-round burst, you have some firearms that do well, they'll do three shots every time the trigger's depressed and you have to press it again for three more shots. That's what they call select fire. It's typically three shots. Or it, it, but usually it's semi, semi or full auto. And I do think that some people, I think that some people want to lie, but then a lot of other people are just stupid is ultimately what it is. I mean, that's, that's you know, but kudos to the AP for doing that. I mean, it's kind of shocking, isn't it? You didn't expect me to share that with you today. I know. It's a little shocking. But credit where due. Can't believe I'm saying it, but there you there you have it. So a few other things. Ooh boy. So Pete Booty Judge was taken to the woodshed by uh, Thomas Massey. I'm gonna play this. I got this right here. I wanna play this audio real quick. This is Massey schooling Poot Booty Judge household uses 17% of their electricity for air conditioning. And um, that would mean the average household uses 1,870 kilowatt hours per year for air conditioning. If that average household plugged in electric cars, do you know how much more electricity they would use in comparison to the air conditioning that air conditions their whole house? No, but again, I would emphasize it will well, let be me help less you. Let me help you overall. with that first before we go on, because the numbers are Ooh. important. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Do you think that could be... So if we reach the goal by 2030 that Biden has of a 50% adoption instead of 100% adoption, that means the average household would use twice as much electricity charging one of their cars as they would use for all of the air conditioning that they use for the entire year. Mmm. Wow. That's actually pretty amazing. He's schooling him. He is absolutely schooling him on this. And that's huge. What also is crazy, he was on... Is Squawk Box... Is that MSNBC? What the hell is that on? Is it? I just dropped that in Slack for I can play it here, though. Uh... He can't believe that some people... So here you you have Thomas Massey laying this out for Secretary Mayor Newman Poot, Booty Judge. 
I say his name like Lawrence O'Donnell, the Shakespearean uh, wit says his name. But this is Buttigieg saying he can't believe that people won't get rid of those gas-powered vehicles. Listen. I'm still astonished that, that some folks, uh, and, and I, I felt this, I was testifying in Congress yesterday, um, some folks seem to really uh, struggle to let go of the status quo. Oh, wow. You guys, the reason you don't want to pay $56,000 for an EV is because you won't let go of the status quo. Oh, we're coming back to this. I, I swear I can hear some of you yelling right now. It's okay. You're at work. Don't be, don't be too loud. Okay, don't, you know, we'll talk about it. Hang on. We're going to talk about it. We got some headlines to get to. You know, we got some, some bills to pay. We got some nice people to tip our hats to. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others The Dana Show. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Keltech. Man, I could listen to Massive Attack all day long. That's such a great track. All right, existing home sales have fallen for the fifth straight month. Recession fears rise. We are in a recession. Stop. Ron, stop. Jersey Shore. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Why do they keep saying that they that we're almost there? I mean, that it just doesn't make any sense. Stephen King. <laughs> My kids say I sound like a chipmunk when I laugh. He appears to praise Holocaust architect as a great man in a prank call. Washington Examiner. He praised the Ukrainian Nazi collaborator, collaborator uh, th- as a great man in a released prank call from Russian pranksters Vovan and Lexus. They, he thought he was talking with Zelensky. Stephen King got pranked. <laughs> and I forgot that he was running. Bill de Blasio dropped out of the congressional race that we forgot he was in. Does it matter? It's like a tree fell in the woods. We got this and a whole bunch of monkey headlines too. Wild monkeys fighting throwing babies it's crazy of all your favorite talk hosts one of these is not like the others the dana show gentlemen from north carolina seek recognition they'll speak on the amendment gentlemen is recognized i would like to yield to anyone on the other side who would dispute that this bill bans weapons that are in common use in the united states today would, would anyone on the other side dispute that this bill would ban weapons that are in common use in the United States today. Would the gentleman yield? I would, to, to, if I for an answer to that question. Yeah, that's the point of the bill. So, so you mean you? So, to clarify, Mr. Chairman, you're saying it is the point of the bill to ban weapons that are in common use in the United States today? Yes. The problem uh, is, if the gentleman use. will yield, particularly. Oh, I know that you all caught that. 
Nadler versus Bishop just then, and Bishop baited Nadler. Dude, he could not resist. He's like, well, that's the problem is they're commonly used. I was so excited that we found this audio soundbite because my very good friend, Kurt Schlichter, who is the king of Los Angeles and the king of Southern California, is joining us now. You know him as an attorney. You also know him as a retired colonel. And he's got a brand new book. And I love the title of this book because it's so hopeful and it's like a it's like he's telling you to buck up i can tell the colonel coming in it says we'll be back that's the book title we'll be back the fall and rise of america which we're going to talk about kurt schlichter my friend good to see you dana wow i'm getting uh i i'm i'm I'm, I'm as happy about that uh, uh, cut being a lawyer as uh, Jeffrey Tubin is getting a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, oh my God. What? Talk about leading your witness into the kill zone. Are you saying you would ban weapons in common use? Yes. That's the point. Thank you. Yes. That's, and isn't <laughs> I know that what the introduction to my briefs going to say? Exactly. And that's, I oh mean, that's God. the point. You know, you're an attorney, and I know you're familiar with Scalia's opinion with Heller because that yes. was one of the key points. He was like, these are commonly owned for lawful use. Yes. And here you have Nadler saying, I want to undo that. Yeah, that's, uh, wow. I, I, <laughs> it just happened just a little bit ago. Yeah, brand new I, audio. You know, Every once in a while when something happens in the law that goes well, I just get giddy. <laughs> and uh, that's one of them. It's just like, wow, thank you. Yes. You know, it, it, he I, really you know, he helped I, out. I, I uh, just see it. You know, the, the, the sponsor of the bill specifically stated its person, purpose was to ban weapons in common use. Heller says you can't ban, ban weapons in common use. Ergo... And, uh, you know, even even some of the more, uh, uh, you know, communist circuits, even yeah. the Ninth Circuit would be going, well, how do, how do I spin this one? Exactly. Oh, wow. uh, boy. <laughs> yes, that was I mean, I mean it's stunning way <laughs> how every now and then they're honest about it. And you taught you had a great piece. And I actually cited this piece that you wrote the other day. It was on uh, it's at Town Hall. And you wrote it on July 16th. Democrats are in a tailspin. And you, you hit on this major problem that we're seeing with that party because they don't have a bench. Who's their go- your, your governor, Gavin Newsom, is apparently like the white knight who's going to supposedly save yeah. the, the Democrat Party. They don't have anybody on the bench. Their policies are bad. I had new polling today, Reuters and a new RCP average, uh, 59 and 57% respectively disapproval rating for Joe Biden's uh, uh, job performance. That's crazy. Good. They're literally toe fungi that get better ratings. <laughs> uh, and, and, and frankly, they probably do a better job. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's pretty remarkable. They look. They are. Here's their problem. And I talk about it in the book. We'll be back. Fall and rise of America. Um, they have uh, uh, substituted. Uh, you know. We distinguish what fills us up as, as human beings. We fill it up with faith and family and flag and stuff. And then we have policies. Right. They don't have the faith, family, and flag thing. So they fill it up with nonsense, and their policy becomes their sacraments. So you get people out there uh, literally you know, shouting their abortions, where at least 30 years ago under Bill Clinton, 
uh, who, who I'm not a fan of, but I recognize his, his power as a, a, a politician, was saying, look, safe, legal, and rare. We don't think it's a good thing. And normal people could go, okay, maybe we disagree about, you know, dates and time frames, but we all disagree this is not something we want. And then right. you got these lunatics out there going, I'm shouting my abortion. And, and, and normal people are like, what's wrong with you? I mean, I have, I have had liberal friends go, you know, nobody's for abortion. Well, dude, I mean, this, you guys got to go handle it. And they can't turn. The, the problem is it, it destroys their flexibility. Oh, that's Bill a good Clinton point. Was flexible. He could turn around and say, "Well, you know what? The cause of crime is criminals, and you know maybe we should insist people work and support themselves uh, while still taking care of people who don't." Again, I, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but he he understood the the essential nature of uh, uh, the American people enough to appeal to them these guys don't even care about that it's become a religious thing and they want to force a conversion on us now of course it's like being sending the crusaders you can't do a push-up after us the only thing they can do is mean tweets and shaming people and we're starting to figure that out which is why it isn't working so well anymore and of course that drives them into fits i mean you look at what happened with disney yeah and disney you know and it, with, with DeSantis. well we'll use our political and business power and cultural power and uh you know, because they're conservatives, they won't use their power against us. And DeSantis says, no, no, I'm, I'm going to use our power. And while that, you know, the, the, the cruise ship conservative types, you know, were like pulling at their bow tie about it and probably having, you know, panels on the Lido deck with Ramesh Panuru. And <laughs> ships, you know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, about, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, no, well, you know, why it's important that we lose like gentlemen. Um Normal conservatives are like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. We, we are going to use our power. And that's kind of redefining things, and which is you know, one of the hopeful things I write about in the book. Yeah, I have to say, Kurt Schlichter, who we're talking to now, if you're listening to the show across the country and not watching the simulcast on the first or YouTube, etc., He's now you see why if there's ever like a dinner at an event or a fundraiser, he's who I want to sit next to because he's like has the best cutting remarks. I mean, and when I'm entertained by somebody being like more cutting than I am, that's like that's amazing. And his book will be back. The Fallen Rise of America. I love how because you touched on something and I, I, I you know, and I didn't want to I'm not going to talk about, you know, like the the I love the, the phrase cruise ship conservatives. There has been oh this huge <laughs> there has been this huge push, I think, in the within I've seen the right kind of split where you have the people who think that you have to be polite at all costs. And I feel like they've always looked down. I'll be frank on not, not to make it by myself, but people like me. Uh, people yes. who started in grassroots, who started in yes. oppo research. Oh, look, you didn't go to Harvard, yeah. which I think is a great thing, but they don't know people like you, and they resent the fact that you didn't come up through the little course of our, like like an ancient Roman who, well, you weren't a questor. How can you be a right. consul? Okay, right. you have a national syndicated radio show. They're begging for invites to the Eagle Forum for Liberty and Forums, okay? And it's, it, I mean... And they're angry about it. There is so much, look, I'm no Marxist, but it's very clear to me there is so much uh, class snobbery going on yeah. with a lot of people who have uh, uh, credentials and nothing else. They have no track record. They have built nothing. They have created nothing. They are parasites on the conservative movement. They are remoras on the shark. 
Okay. I and there are those that. of us out there, particularly people not in DC, and I and look behind me, I'm in LA, uh, you're in Texas, um, who, who are out doing things, and they get very annoyed because we refuse to, to play their game. And it's not that we refuse to play their game. It's like we're just doing our own thing. This is an attack on you. Right. And if you're if you if you can go out and make it happen, that's great. I know I, people yeah. are always going, Wow, all these people are writing books. I'm like, it's great. You know, yeah. I'm not, I don't. I, it's not competition. It's building the. It's building the team. And you have something and to say. I mean, Kurt Schlichter, we're talking with Kurt Schlichter, his new book, which you need to go. I, I think you you need to. Well, you definitely need to get it because I love that. Uh, usually books like this, they do these, you know, these uh, postmortems like, oh, this is why the conservative movement hit a rough patch. This is why the Republican Party failed. And you're like, yes, you know, whatever. But we're coming back and this is how it's happening. And this is how you do it. What made you want to write that take that different spin on it is it just because there was a lot of just like oh ho hum you know we're eeyore there's a lot of sad stuff out here i i find pessimism incomprehensible because i'm a naturally optimistic guy remember i came to california when reagan was here this is a land of that takes confidence though yes but that's my i mean that's my mindset i it never occurred to me i couldn't do what i wanted never I wanted to go be in the army, so I was. I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I was. I wanted to have a military career, you know, and I, I, I did. I wanted to have a law firm, and I've got a good law firm. I got great partners. Um, I wanted to write books. Uh, I do. I wanted to. Write you have a model wife, partner. literally. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm so excited about America, and I can't look. Here's the thing. There are lots of good reasons why I think we're going to win. You look at what happened with Glenn Youngkin, and that's great. You look at the school boards, that's great. Uh, you look at Latinx Americans, like my wife. Wait, I, is, I, I, I do not want to. I do not want to uh, cast aspersions on your wife. She does not identify as a breakfast taco, correct? She does not uh, as a breakfast taco. Frankly, I prefer uh, you know uh, uh, dinner tacos. She's my <laughs> my carne asada of love. <laughs> Uh, oh my extra guacamole. Uh, no, uh, but, you know, I, here's the thing I'm most optimistic about. I can't see losing to these people. Yeah. They're unaccomplished. They're stupid. They have this amazing self-regard and no apparent uh, reason for it. And there is nothing I like better, whether it's on paper or in a cross-examination, taking apart some smug jerk, especially one who thinks he's smarter than I am. Because... He isn't, and he's not tougher, and he's not quicker. I love um, and that goes for all these uh, all these people out there. I, I look. I would like to move back to a uh, uh, a scenario where it's not war every day, like right. our friend Andrew Breitbart. But I don't get that choice. It's got to be a mutual choice. And somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. And I can't see losing. There you go. We're talking to our friend Kurt Schlichter. On this point, and I want to, I, I got two more questions for you. One on the Senate. I want to ask you about your book before we wrap up. Uh, and you can get his book, which you absolutely need to. I think everybody needs to read it and get a kick in the pants. We'll be back, The Fallen Rise of America. Uh, the Senate, where GOP is, is projected to take the House by a pretty significant margin. Yeah. The Senate is not so much. At best, if we are able to just win what we need to win, win everything we need to win, uh, it'll be kind of the way it is now. It will still kind of have a stalemate, but we might be like one up. 
but the way it is now, I'm worried about I'm worried about uh, uh, Pennsylvania. I'm worried about the Dr. Oz who's like minus six behind a guy who's not even campaigning. I'm worried about the state of the race in Missouri where you have a guy with so much baggage who's anti-gun, who is neck and neck with Eric Schmidt, the AG, who's like been on every Second Amendment battle. I'm worried about our mutual friend Adam Laxalt in Nevada because Democrats are pumping in millions against him. What are your thoughts on the state of the Senate? Look, I think we're going to win in all of them. In Pennsylvania, I had a nice chat with Selena Zito yesterday. She says, Kurt Oz is going to win. And and nobody knows PA like Selena yeah. Zito. She's my homie because my family comes from PA. Uh, in Missouri, the latest polls show that they are rejecting the basement bondage boy in favor of uh, 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 Schmidt, who yeah. has a track record of success. I mean, he's yeah. a really good lawyer. And I respect him on that level uh, because I've sat down with him and talked about, hey, what are you doing legally? And he's got the chops. Uh, He's also a good person, uh, 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 you know, an actual decent human being. Adam Laxalt is a friend. Uh, I I went and fought for election integrity with him uh, and uh, Rick Grinnell and Matt Schlapp in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, He is tireless. I mean, this guy was up before me and went to bed after me. And there are a lot of people who get up before me and go to bed after me, Dana. Um, uh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to speak for him. Uh, I'm very confident he's going to win. Look, money's nice. Ads are nice. I guess it's a nice to have. But at the end of the day, every single voter is going to roll up to the uh, uh, gas pump. And I know here in Los Angeles, it cost me $100 to fill up my fine German touring sedan, where it used to just call me, cost me 65 mm-hmm. And you know, I, I mean, you know, of course, I'm a fancy Los Angeles lawyer, so it bothers me. But there are a lot of people, it really hurts. Yeah, It exactly. really hurts the people who, you know, are doing the jobs that I started out doing, mopping out toilets, you know, being yeah. an army private. Uh, it, it, it's hurting real people. And I think we are seeing uh, real people say, no, you've got to do better. And I'm going to pick, I'm going to send you a message. And the, the message is, uh, candidates like Oz, candidates like uh, not Ryan Smith and uh, uh, Adam Laxall. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think we're, I think the American people are going to just say, we're, look, we're unhappy and uh, we, we need these folks. And uh, all of us should be out there supporting them. There you go. The book is Will Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. Quick note. So I purchased four of these. I think it's the most. What? I, I did. I bought four books. I yeah, believe in some. I, and, and I didn't buy it from Amazon. I bought it from. I got it through. I think it was Books a Million because it actually oh. counts more towards bestseller list because they, they oh. down they downvote Walmarts and Costco's and Sam's and Amazon purchases. So I got four of them because I was like, I got a friend who's like down in the doldrums. I need I need to give her a kick in the butt. It is the most optimistic book that you will read on on fighting back and reclaiming sense, not just policy wise, but ideology wise in the country. Go and order your copy. My friend Kurt Schlichter, congratulations. I'm so glad you wrote this book. I hope to see you soon, too. We were talking about Nevada. I should know here uh, yeah, soon. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Let's uh, yes, sir. We know the place we need to go. Yes, yes, sir, we do. Uh, Reporting for place. duty. Thank oh, you, sir. Hey, <laughs> Kurt Schlichter, good to see you. <laughs> Thanks, my uh, yeah. friend. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Man, this is meth up. So in Fort Walton Beach, a Florida man on lots of meth apparently hallucinated and used a bedpost to attack a mattress where he thought a man was hiding. The Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office got involved. The girlfriend of Felipe Aquendo was saying that he 
She said he was acting erratically early Friday and that he accused her of cheating on him. And then he saw the mattress at their home and thought a man was hiding underneath it and then beat it relentlessly with a bedpost. He later admitted after he was in police custody that he may have smoked some meth. You think? Third hour on the way. Stick with us. Read the rest of his concurrence where he said specifically that we should overrule or reconsider Obergefell and uh, Lawrence, which is consensual, which is gay marriage, which is consensual sodomy. He didn't mention loving, though the, for some reason, which is interracial marriage, maybe the fact that he's intermarried and so is Senator McConnell, uh, maybe that had something to do with it. But the- oh my gosh. So that's Jerry Nadler, fresh off of saying, yeah, we want to ban the guns. Talking about Clarence Thomas and uh, all this other stuff as it relates to it was the marriage bill that they had in the House. It's not going towards the Senate. It's not going to have legs. I'll, I'll explain that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. Actually, it's opposite day. That's how I did it in school. Everything was opposite on Wednesday. They don't do that anymore, do they? No, I don't think so. Like we were, were like observe that strictly in school with me. I don't know. Anyway, so. Yesterday, they had the, I mean, pull the bill. It was 47 Republicans in favor. It was this marriage equity bill. They, it was, the phrase they use is protect same-sex marriage in case the Supreme Court rescinds it, which I don't, I told you yesterday, and I'll just recap briefly so we can get through this and I can tell you what it faces in the Senate. I was against the Defense of Marriage Act, and I'm against this because I don't think, why is the federal government weighing in on any of this? It amazes me that we have so many people, no matter where you come from, ideologically, that is so excited to have the government validate what you do and thus grant it authority over what you do. I don't get that. I have contracts between people. However, I I just don't think the government needs to be involved in relationships at all. At all. If you insist, then do it at the state level. If it's not Article 1, Section 8, there you go. Shouldn't be in there. <sighs> it has nothing to do. And by the way, I have my opinions on stuff. I mean, you know, I, I am a, one of the most imperfect Christians ever. But that's, I'm looking at this completely separate from that. Because again, I was against Defense, Defense of Marriage Act for this reason. Oh man, I caught all kind of heck for that. Oh my gosh. I will never forget the hate mail that I got from people. And I'm like, why are you a person of faith? Why are you applying to a godless government? to affirm your faith i mean paul wrote about that explicitly in the new testament but you know who am i <laughs> it just is just wild me so and i'm against this for the same reason it has nothing to do i think it's so disingenuous for the left to be like oh it's because clarence thomas if you read what clarence thomas has written about this and if you've listened to any of his remarks where he's touched upon this he's looking at this from the same way Granted, yes, he's a person of faith, but he's also a person of logic. And by that, he follows what is in Article 1, Section 8, the powers that the federal government has been, has the people have bestowed it to be able, different responsibilities, enumerated rights, et cetera, et cetera. There are certain things that are not in Article 1, Section 8, and that is supposed to be given back to the states to handle. And honestly, for a good reason. I think some, like education, for instance. I think it's insane that if people want to make major curriculum changes, they have to involve Washington, D.C. Can you imagine if everything that you did 
in your life, if you wanted to remedy something, change something, if you lived halfway across the country, you would have to appeal to the authority thousands of miles away. I mean, there's certain things that it makes sense that is in the Constitution. But everything else, you need to be able to have that immediate effect in the state. And that's what Thomas is touching on. Nadler is moronically trying to conflate that with bigotry. Or what, how he views it as bigotry. I don't believe that people of faith who think differently on it are bigots. I think that is a, an illiberal approach to this dissent. And that's a whole other topic. But I don't know. I, I think that's where the, the nuance, because the nuance comes in, because I agree with a number of Republicans in not supporting it, but not for the same reasons. Because I think it's a different, I separate these issues. And I, I think that people who don't ever want to have the government be able to regulate what goes on in their private lives also need to separate those issues too. It, it just made, it, you see how illogical it is? It's like the same people who said that, well, where's this at? I just pulled this up. The same people who say that uh, they think that, you know, there's too many police shootings or they accuse the police of just randomly shooting people. But yet these are the, also the exact same people who say that only the cops should have guns. It doesn't make sense. You think the government is you, you don't you want people staying out of your private lives, but yet you want the government to literally validate and regulate what goes on in your private life. We have too much government. Oh my gosh, I, when people don't, do not understand when I say cut everything except everything that is in the enumerated powers of the government, Article 1, Section 8. Everything else should be just gutted. We, we would have a lot more freedom and ability to make decisions about our day-to-day lives. So this is what Nadler's getting into. And then they're trying to be like, oh, well, it's about, uh, you know, is he going to go after interracial marriage? Which, that's a slam on Thomas because Thomas is married to a white woman. That's a jerk thing to say. And also, it is an offensive thing to say. Because you're analogizing skin tone to sexual preference. Holy wow. But he's a white guy, so he can say that, I guess, right? White leftist, and you can say that. Jeez, just like the unmitigated inferred racism that these people put on display regularly is amazing. Oh, one quick thing, too, because I didn't get into this earlier when I saw it, and I was making fun of it with Kane. I don't know if you guys saw, but what's her face? AOC, you know how they pretended to, they arrested themselves yesterday? Yeah, so they, <laughs> pull this up. This is so silly. So AOC, here it is. What do you, let me ask you this. How many of you have gotten like a speeding ticket, a citation? You know, it's kind of common, right? Yeah, my, the first ticket that I ever had, I was going seven miles over. I was right by my, my college campus. Oh my gosh, I thought my world was going to end because I don't, I don't get in trouble like that. And I was like, ah! um, then it started me on a life of crime. I'm kidding. You call that a citation, right? It's a ticket. So AOC was cited. She was fined $50 for crowding or obstructing or uh, it's like DC code, whatever, 22-1307. She posted it on Instagram and said, okay, got my arrest paperwork. This is what it looks like. Arrest paperwork. My arrest paperwork. It's a ticket. 
It's no different than if you get fined for like, your, you know, your parking meters expired. You run a red light. You're speeding and you get a citation. She calls it arrest paperwork. How many citations have you received, Kane? Oh, man, in my lifetime? Yeah. Oh, good God. Probably, I don't know, average two a year. So technically, according to AOC, you've been ar- you're arrested two times every year. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious how long she was detained and what her bail was. Well, yeah, she, it is the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. She, and she had no bail, none of that. She like pretended to you know, be, I mean, that's what people with more than one brain cell call a citation. She calls it arrest paperwork. Dude, you might be privileged if you don't even know what a ticket or an arrest is. Yeah, when she illegally parks outside of Whole Foods, she doesn't even get a citation. So she doesn't understand what it's all about. I, I just... You were murdered. It's the same thing. Okay, you obviously weren't murdered because you're alive and you're basically intact. You same thing. Murdered, same thing. Exact same thing. My arrest paperwork. Arrest paperwork. I can't. I'm done today. Let's pack it in. Can we have Saturday already? We're done. Thanks, guys. Who boy. So uh, that might be that might be privilege. Just saying, might be a little privilege. Okay, so a couple of things. I got some. I am so behind on my everything that I have today. Oh my gosh, the I got wokery. I have so much wokery. I have to break it up by hour, and then by segment, and then I don't even get into all of it. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people. Uh, my friend Jess Shaw had written about this, how the English language is continuing to be warped. So Merriam-Webster has now fallen once again to the woke and they made another revision to the listed definition, ladies and gentlemen, of the word female. Kane, you look perplexed. Was it, a, uh, was it a biologist that wrote it? That's a wonderful question. No. You don't have to be a biologist if you want to change female to include dudes. You have to be a biologist if you want to exclude men from being considered to be females. You see, I mean, just hashtag facts, F-A-C-K-S. So they said that normally a female, cannot even believe we're here, guys, is described as a person of the sex that is opposite of male. Right. It was it was fine. You could say that that was like when things started getting like super politically correct. But now you have to have having a gender identity. So to appease woke activists, they added a secondary definition of female that defines the term as, quote, having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. So. This signals that Merriam-Webster believes that gender and sex are completely separate things. Oh. And the the main definition of female is, quote, of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. I feel like Robert De Niro. Well, I have nipples. Greg, can you milk me? From Meet the Parents? So in Merriam-Webster's 10th edition, Shaw notes, the dictionary defines the noun female as of relating to or being the sex that bears young or produces eggs. 
The change in the online edition includes the phrase, typically has the capacity. Oh, there it is. There it is. What? What? And then you've got the gender identity nut in the secondary definition. Who cares about medical science? No one cares about thousands of years of established science. We lowly humans have managed to get ourselves wrong all this time. Who knew? You know what's going to happen? You know how they find those time capsules? Sometimes you'll find them. There was a story that I had as a headline. I mean, I guess like a couple months ago. Somebody found one. It was like from the early 1900s. And it was telling everything about the wet from the weather to the fashion at the time. And people were like, wow, that's so crazy. What's going to happen if and when the country goes back to a position of just common sense and acknowledgement of basic science and they dig this stuff up? A time capsule from this period. Or what happens if aliens come to visit and they're like, these people are so confused. They don't even know what they are. They know nothing. We're, I feel like we are devolving back to a place where soon people are going to be demanding that we acknowledge the world as being flat or we're going to have to drink hemlock. Right? That's, I mean, and, and, and the I, drinking, you know, rhetorically drinking hemlock is the canceling that's happening today, at least. This is just wild. Miriam Webster. Dude, I feel so bad for kids today. Imagine, like, you're doing a project and you got to look something up. We are in Orwell's 1984. It is just amazing to see this. Amazing. We got a lot more on the way. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Man, did we rob you of the rest of that sweet, sweet Onyx tracks. I'm telling you what. All right. So, first up, ladies and gents, we have... Ooh, <laughs> I was joking about this. Dana Show, sponsored by the Nap Box. It's an actual product. They're not sponsoring us. Offices are installing nap boxes. It's not a box. So workers can sleep standing up during their shift. It's in Japan. Of course it is. Two companies are hoping to encourage a healthier office culture. Dude, they look... It's a giant cylindrical coffin that's upright. A giant cylindrical coffin. It looks very boho. And you sit, you stand in it, and you sleep standing up like a giraffe. Did giraffes sleep standing up? I don't know. I thought it was like a box you put your head in, but this is even dumber. Uh, So there's that. Uh, Also, now, oh boy, they can step off with the new COVID variant. There they have one. They said, oh, there's a new one. It's probably going to be bad. It's called Centaurus. No one cares. Uh, Let's see. A new liquor name, Hunt for Wild Monkey in Japan after 10 attacks in a fortnight. Wild monkey, not to be confused with brass monkey. And a new study shows most as a half of Americans are out of shape and can't touch their toes. Wow. We got to fix that. Come on, guys. We went to the moon one time. Stick with us. We got more in store. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Have you spoken with any other cabinet members about implementing the 25th Amendment on President Biden? First of all, I'm glad to have a president who can ride a bicycle. Um, by ride, do you, by ride, do you, do you mean fall in the crosswalk? 
I mean, I didn't see him ride it so much as I saw him fall. Just curious. That was Secretary, Mayor, uh, Vice Admiral of the Canoe Fleet at Camp Wimpy Tonka, Mayor, Secretary, Put- Buttigieg. And there was more. Kane was over here entertaining himself this entire break, yeah. listening to Booty Judge audio. Do it. Play the other one. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Oh my gosh. What? Wait, I'm sorry. Play that for our friends listening and watching the simulcast again, please. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. What is the benefit? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, people are experiencing pain, and that's just more benefit for the people who use electric. It's weird because, you know, in California, they tell you, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to have rolling blackouts. You know, get ready for that. Going to have rolling blackouts. We're going to have, uh, you know, so don't, 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 uh, Get too much on the grid, but yet you want everyone to charge their electric cars up. I just don't, doesn't make any sense to me. But that's, that's him. We have this to look forward to, apparently. I, I was reading this piece about Cuba experiences blackouts with no end in sight. They said that, they announced this this week. Blackouts are currently leaving parts of their country with no lights and no fans in the middle of the summer. And it's going to continue for probably months. According to the piece, and this is from Reuters, they say the operating reserves that we have in the electrical system are, and this is Cuba, are insufficient to cover the demand, making effects on service inevitable. That's their energy and mining minister. They said that the breakdown of their largely obsolete 20 power plants where maintenance has been postponed because the government's broke. And then they had fires, all this stuff. They said Havana has largely been spared the blackouts. They usually last like four or more hours, and they're repeated during a 24-hour period. Hmm. And this is what we've seen in California, too. They faced uh, summer blackouts. Scientific American had a whole thing. Energy planners are working to increase the grid's reliability to keep the power on. And they try to act like it's because of the climate change. But it's not, though. Because this is a cyclical pattern. This, is a, this has been repeated before throughout history. There's this thing called the Farmer's Almanac. And you can go back and see. Wow, amazing. The problem is that the energy, the engineering, and the, the policies that guide it are stupid. That's it. You can't. Keep up with demand if you're, if you're, first off, we have, we had, the, the population and the, uh, the population, the way things are constructed, et cetera, et cetera. Like we were talking about what the, uh, uh, Lake Powell out in, uh, in, in Nevada and how you have like a huge population and how engineers didn't really offset that with water, et cetera. And so, duh, your water supplies are drying up, the lake's drying up. But everyone wants to just default to climate change because they think that they don't then, A, uh, that gets them closer to their agenda. B, they don't have to explain anything, i.e. indict themselves. And C, there's no critical thinking involved. Kane, you okay over there? Yeah. Just reminded of the Massey audio we played in, I think, was the first hour Mm. or the second hour when he was talking to Buttigieg about the cost. Play that, please. Yes. The average 
uh, household uses 17% of their electricity for air conditioning. And um, that would mean the average household uses 1,870 kilowatt hours per year for air conditioning. If that average household plugged in electric cars, do you know how much more electricity they would use in comparison to the air conditioning that air conditions their whole house? No, but again, I would emphasize it will well, let be me help less you. Let me help you with overall. that first before we go on, because the numbers are important. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Do you think that could be? So if we reach the goal by 2030 that Biden has of a 50% adoption instead of 100% adoption, that means the average household would use twice as much electricity charging one of their cars as they would use for all of the air conditioning that they use for the entire year. Mm. Huh. That seems kind of important. I also have one more question about this. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know we get a lot of our road repair money from gas taxes? Yes. Will they then have to raise additional taxes if we have more electric cars on the road? They're obviously not getting gas. So how are they going to pay for road repairs? Uh, they'll have to point. raise another tax, wouldn't they? That's a very good point. What, are they going to try to charge you an additional fee for electrical usage in your own property? While you're paying the subscription fee so you for mean, your seat heaters. Kane, it almost sounds like you mean to suggest that electric prices could increase because they'll be taxed by the government. Yep. Oh, interesting. And this is all as Biden wants to announce this climate emergency. And the emergency is that Congress does not pass or rubber stamp his agenda. Not that's not an emergency. That's just a want really bad. That's that's all that is. It's different. He's trying to veruca salt his way into a, a comp- a securing more power for himself. Essentially, it's what he's. That's what this is. This is all about destabilizing. I mean, I you look at Sri Lanka and you look at what the ESG standards. We've talked about that. What that's done to that economy and elsewhere, the Dutch. We've watched farmers and government agents go at it. They want to make it impossible for them to to grow food and farm their land. And then when the farmers can't farm their land anymore and everybody's broke, then they come in and they take over the land so that they can own it and control it. This is about so much. This That's what climate change is. That's what this is. It's a front to try to emotionally shame you into thinking that you're a plague upon your planet when volcanic explosions and so much more have done so much worse to the environment throughout the the millennia that's not to excuse people of not of being good stewards and conservationists of their planet that's a whole different story but this is like a cult this has that I mean this the stuff that they're talking about has no scientific consensus not in the scientific community it doesn't and then i saw this headline too this is just like chef's kiss, cherry on top. So Biden, remember when he had all of the electric vehicle manufacturers to the White House? Remember that? And then Kane and I were like, that's really weird because um, where's Tesla? He, they always leave out Tesla. Well, now GM, guess what they're doing, Kane? They're building a new electric uh, vehicle in... Mexico. Well, there you go. Good for Mexico. They're getting all those jobs. 
Yeah, and then they're going to come and bring it to the United States and sell it here. GM, Government Motors, that received a big fatty fat bailout. Yeah, it's um, there. I'm going to be that grandma when I get old. I'm going to I'm going to do do how my grandparents were. Don't you park that vehicle in this driveway? I don't like that manufacturer because my family reunion family. Man, that them them ties run deep. I'm just saying. I'll be like that, but I'll be like that with GM. Get that GM out of my driveway. Get it out of my driveway. So they're expanding in Mexico, and it was funny because Elon Musk tweeted, Teslas are the most are the most made in USA vehicles. Uh, do you hear anything from Secretary Mayor Poot? No. Nope. Nothing from the uh, administration. A lot of it has to do is, t- is that Tesla's not unionized. But isn't it also because, like, they're, employees are just take you have like good company culture and their employees are taken care of just you know just gonna put that out there right if people want to unionize in the private sector i'm fine with it public is where it's different so here we have california facing the rolling blackouts cuba is facing like is it rolling blackout if it's like a month month long i'm just wondering yeah that's not doesn't seem like it's rolling anymore pbs wants you to eat bugs for the earth they had a whole thing called edible insects. I'm actually thinking I'm going to go on a seafood uh, boycott, like my own little personal boycott protest. I don't like the word boycott because it's bug meat. And I am so averse to eating bugs. I don't even want shellfish now. I want all my meat to be red and, or, or to have clucked at one time. Right? I think that that works. Fish are acceptable. They had, they, they had this special, they said, from crunchy crickets to nutty fly grubs. I don't even know what that is. That we take a look at, a tasty look at insect foods and how they could benefit our health and our warming planet. They want you to eat bugs and have man boobs like Bill Gates. This is so nasty. I will, this is the hill I will fight on forever. That's nasty. If you want to eat bugs, you go do it to it. That's more meat for the rest of us. Do you see though? That's like they're, it's like a, they're trying to control behavior. Oh my gosh, the planet's going to cry if you don't eat bugs. Here is the ginger prince from the UK, Harry, to lecture you about the warming planet at the UN after he flew in on his private jet. He's taken 21 private jet trips, I think, this year or in the past couple of years. Actually, all his flights apparently are private jet. If I were to say this in the UK, he would get mad and sue me for it. Did you know that? Because they're so litigious about any bad press. It's fascinating to me. So there, there you go. This is, this is what they're, this is what they want you to, how you, they want you to live. Based on an non-existent scientific consensus. This is about so much more than, than energy and the planet. This is about power, the redistribution of wealth, control, control, control. Making it to where you can't own anything. They constantly, I feel like more and more, they are trying to make it to where it's poisonous for someone sociologically to even resist the idea of man-made global warming. That's what's coming. We have more on the way as well. We have today in stupidity. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. 
Make sure you sign up for that newsletter over at Substack called Chapter and Verse because I send out a lot of uh, quite a few things from that throughout the week that you're going to want to know more about or know of to start with. One quick thing, and I didn't, I meant to go back to this, and I think uh, I had a squirrel attention span and I got distracted. Uh, the Senate with the House thing with the abortion bill, uh, I don't think that's going to, well, basically Senate Democrats are saying they're not going to take it up because they already have a packed calendar and it doesn't look like they're going to make room for it. And that kind of signals to me that they don't even have the votes for it in the first place. No, oh, they're not going to. So it's going to be a state by state issue. And we're going to talk more about that uh, as as all of this continues. Uh, a few other things, too. I saw that New Zealand had set a new high in coronavirus fatalities, and they have one of the highest death rates in the world, except they still have their mask mandate. They have like one of the highest vaccination and booster rates in the entire world. No one's talking about that. Hmm. Interesting. So if it's not a if it's not a pandemic, they're going to try to say, oh, my gosh, it's climate. And then, of course, war that's making all of this bad. But it's actually a state nation states doing this. That's ultimately what this is. It's just it is bizarre. There was this um, in the UK and they have this thing under rural grants and payments. I'm going to look into this, too, because it said you can check to see in the UK if you're eligible for the lump sum exit scheme. And what that means is, I guess, to apply for a lump sum payment to leave or retire from farming. That's wild. Look at that. So nobody they like to get people out of producing food at a time when hmm. Just saying, just saying. It all sounds weird. If you have no farms, you don't have food. It is, they're paying like up to 100,000 pounds to get English farmers to retire. One of the things, if you haven't watched this yet, I know this is, it, it goes into this and it really tells you how bad the government has screwed up a lot of this stuff with farming, etc. Uh, it's Jeremy Clarkson's farm. The guy who, it was one of, I've already binged the whole thing. I watched it like right when it came out a while ago. It's so good. It first starts as like this fun little vanity project for him. And then it evolves the longer the show goes because he is really uh, livid, in fact, about what he finds in terms of government regulation of farming and how they make it to where they make it. They've established it where farmers can't hardly make a living farming. And it is amazing what he finds. And he's gotten like really politically involved as a result of this stuff. And it's amazing now. And of course, they talk about all of this with the subsidies and everything. So that might be, you know, something eye opening if you're interested. It's, it's funny. He's hysterical. You know, it's Clarkson. Uh, but you definitely should check it out. It's very eye opening. All right. Today in stupidity, Kane. All right. I'm thinking I'm going to go with John Kirby. This audio we didn't get a chance to play during the show, but he says that obviously the climate change situation could require military intervention. Listen to what he says here. And then lastly, it's a driver of actual missions because uh, climate change uh, creates uh, instability, which creates insecurity in some places, and you can end up, the, the, the fighting in Syria uh, started really as a result of a drought. Um, and so there's, oh uh, there's a, it, it can actually drive military missions and, and, and force the military to become involved. In oh boy, climate change. And military now. Yeah, this is uh, this is getting squirrely. I don't. I, we're not buying it. We're not buying it. Yeah, climate and 
Yeah, see, it just is very interesting. Tell you what, guys. Folks, that does it for us today. Sign up for the newsletter. Tomorrow's Thursday. we got more to unpack tomorrow. We're going to start getting you set up for the weekend and let you know what's going to be happening in the next week to come. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow afternoon. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The media has sort of decided that this debate is over, which is fascinating. And I want to ask Katie about some of the things people might not know in the industry, because it is very much presented by uh, the medical establishment, by uh, the media establishment, even by the political establishment, I would say, as a completed argument. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.